Joel chapter 3 and verse number 14. It says, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. And everybody say amen to the reading of the Lord. Let's pray for the message tonight. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Lead us and guide us through your precious word. God, we are nothing without you, and we need your touch. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this evening. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. Now, this is not talking about you've got a decision to make and you're in that valley of decision. But this is a valley where the decisions have already been made. It says, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The day of the Lord stands for God's judgment. Or in other words, God's judgment day has arrived in the valley of decision. One of the themes of the book of Joel, and it's only a few chapters long, three or four, I'm not real sure, chapters long, but one of the themes in it is the day of the Lord. And it represents a time of judgment. Some of the judgments already come, have come and gone where God has judged certain things in the lives and the hearts of the people of Israel, the Jews. But there's also coming a judgment day. Amen. And we will be, you will end up in a valley of one of the decisions that you've made, whether to live or not to live for God. I want to preach this evening on this thought. Your decisions will determine your destiny. Your decisions will determine your destiny. To make a decision is to act for making up one's mind. The act of or the need for. Amen. And we all have a need to make up our minds tonight. There is a judgment day is coming. Are the decisions that you are making getting you ready for that day? Let me just say that one more time. Are the decisions that you are making in your life preparing you for the day when we stand before Almighty God? We make many decisions. Amen. How many decisions do you think that you make in one day? One Columbia business researcher said that he thought that there was about 70 different decisions every day. 25,000 decisions a year. And by the time you're age 70, about 2 million decisions. No wonder my brain is so tired. Some of our decisions are small. Like, what shirt am I going to wear today? What route am I going to take to work? And some are more important than that. Some are moral decisions. Am I going to cheat on my income tax this year? It's a decision. Somebody's going to make that decision. Amen. Am I going to tell a little lie, you know, to cover up, you know, make that sale that I need to make at work but decisions we make decisions most decisions that we make you can't change your destination 
just in a single moment. A decision has to be made. You don't just reach that destination overnight, but you can change your direction overnight. For example, if you want to go to college and get an education, then you're going to have to, you can't just receive a degree tonight. You've got to go and make that decision to go to school to get that education. The same way with a career. Most of our decisions and future things don't really just come to pass instantly, but they come to pass over the process of time through multiple decisions that we make. But with your soul, it's a different story. With your soul, you can change your destination tonight. You believe that? You can change your destination right now. You can repent today. You can be baptized today. We've taken away all the excuses right behind this wall. We've got a heated baptismal, nice warm water. We've got a robe that you can go into a changing room on and go put on the robe, take off your clothes so they don't get wet. You don't have to get all your clothes all wet. We have taken away all the excuses, but you'll have to make the decision to be baptized today. We believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And you can receive that today. You believe it? Does the church believe it? You don't have to go through a process in your life to where you get rid of this and you get rid of that. I want you to know that God stands with loving arms, open arms, that if you repent, hallelujah, He'll fill you with His Spirit today. It's one decision that can change your destiny right now today today the bible says is a day of salvation not next week not next sunday a lot of people want to be baptized they say well i'm gonna you know i'd like to do it next uh, june you know that's when all my family will be here well that's fine for your family to be here but it's a decision that needs to be made today right now today is the day of salvation joshua said choose you this day whom you're going to serve you can make that decision tonight and i would venture to say with the number of people that are in this room you do there are some that will need to make that decision tonight because you can say i'll put it off but by putting it off it means you're not deciding to give your life over to the lord amen peter cries out on the day of pentecost save yourselves from this untoward generation. I don't know about you, but I like that old song that says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I said, I have decided to follow Jesus and there's no turning back. You have to have that determination in your life and in your heart. And I want you to know that you can do that today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. Hallelujah. You don't have to get your life cleaned up. God knows everything about you. All you have to do is decide to follow Jesus and no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. I have decided 
to follow Jesus. Yes, I want you to understand that your decisions will determine your destination. And to each and every one of us, the call is the same. The decision is, will you be persuaded? When the apostle Paul met before King Agrippa, and he preached to him, and he gave his testimony unto King Agrippa, King Agrippa made this statement, Almost thou persuadest me. Paul made this comment. He said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and all together such as I am. Amen. I want you to know tonight that almost is not good enough. You got to catch this. Almost is not good enough. We can't allow ourselves to go through the motions, to just simply get by, to think that we're okay and that we're doing just as good as the next individual. I want you to know that you have to make the decision on your own to be persuaded. Proverbs chapter 9 says this. It says, Wisdom hath builded her house. She's hewn down her seven pillars. Wisdom is built upon a firm foundation. She's killed her beast, mingled her wine, and hath furnished her table. I want you to know tonight that the table is spread. Jesus calls, come and dine. Jesus desires for each and every one of us to come unto him. Amen. It's furnished. It's already prepared. She sent forth her maidens, and she crieth on the highest places of the city. To cry, that word crieth means through the idea of accosting somebody. To approach or address somebody boldly and aggressively. I want you to know that God is trying to accost you tonight. He is boldly and aggressively coming for your soul. Hallelujah. He's aggressively seeking after each and every one of us. He desires, hallelujah, to grab a hold of us and to shake us and to get our minds in tune with His. I can remember a good friend of mine when I first got into church and uh, we were both just new to church and we were sitting around talking. We were just young uh, teenagers and as they do, you know, they uh, uh, I think he said to me, you know, if I ever think about quitting church or leaving church, just smack me in the face. Hit me over the head with a club. Just get me in the right direction. Get me going in the right direction. And although that sounds kind of uh, funny or maybe even a little weird or out of place, it is so true that we need to be that diligent about our walk for God. We need to be desirous, hallelujah, to live for Him. And if I get out of the way, hallelujah, I want somebody to shake me and to approach me boldly and aggressively, hallelujah. And the Bible also says that, that He will lead us and guide us, hallelujah, into all truth. When we seek after Him, we know that God will lead us and guide us. But it also means through that crieth, through the idea to call by name. Hallelujah. I am so thankful that God calls us by name. He knows you. Can I just tell somebody tonight that Jesus knows you? He knows your name. He knows where you're at. As the saying goes, He's got your zip code. 
He knows your darkest and deepest hurts and your feelings. He knows everything about you. He knows you by name and he's calling you. I can remember when I was seeking after God and I came into the Pentecostal church for the first time and I began to hear the word of God. And there were probably 500 people in that revival that they were having. And it seemed like God was speaking directly to me. I don't know if anybody else had that experience in their walk with the Lord. But it was like he was calling my name. He was saying, "Uh, you've gone long enough in this valley of decision, if you will. You've gone long enough and you need to come at this time. This is your last chance. I had been searching for God for four or five years, and but when he called on me that night, it was like, this is the decision you need to make, and you need to make it tonight, amen? It was in the valley of decision. And let me just tell you, if you're there, I know it's the most miserable place that you can find yourself. Having to make a decision, no matter what it is, big or small, I'm a, I'm a worrier, Man, if I have to make a decision, I I can stay up all night and worry about it, fret about it. And my wife, not so much. She just rolls over and goes to bed. And I'm like, ah, but this decision, it has to be made. And we need to make a decision and it can be a miserable place for us to be in. But there is no more miserable place is an undecision in your heart and in your soul to turn it over to Jesus. Hallelujah. It's a miserable place that you don't have to live in. Hallelujah. You can turn it over to Him. You can turn it over to the Lord. Here's what wisdom cries out. Who is simple? Who is without understanding, if you will? Let Him turn in hither. Let Him come this way. God is calling to us to turn unto Him. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith unto him, Come and eat my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. It's a communion. Oh, hallelujah, that we've done here already tonight. That we can come into the presence of the Lord. Aren't you thankful for the presence of Almighty God? That we can come in and have communion with Him. And it's like the uh, song was saying tonight. That, you know, the, the curtain has been torn in two and we can come boldly into the throne room of grace. That ever present help in the time of need. All that you can come into God's presence. You can worship God. You can feel God. Hallelujah. You can get your problems answered in the presence of Almighty God. You can have your soul saved in God's presence. Amen. It says in verse 6, forsake the foolish and live. Everybody say and live. Hallelujah. And go in the way of understanding. We think it's backwards. We think we want to go in the way of the world, which is the way of foolishness. We think we're really living when we're in the way of the world. But we really live when we forsake the world and give ourselves to the Lord. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you have it more abundantly. But the foolish woman in verse 13, she's clamorous. She is simple. She knows nothing. And for her that she sits at the door of her house 
on the seat in a high place of the city to call. She doesn't crieth after you like God does. God's a lot more desperate than the world is. But the world does call to their pastors that go right on their ways. And it's interesting when you look at verse 16 and verse 4, they're exactly the same. Whoso, the call is the same. Whoso is simple, ignorant, or confused about life. Are you confused about life? Foolishness says, come, come, come in hither. But so does God. He says, come in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith unto him, stolen waters are sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. She also has a communion, but it's things that are stolen. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and destroy. In secret, it says, the bread, we can eat this in secret. Nobody's going to know. Deception, amen. But I want you to know that God knows all things. Let me just remind the church tonight that God knows everything. There is nothing that our God does not know. He even knows you better than yourself. And you have to guard yourself about being deceived. In Matthew chapter 4, which is kind of a prophecy chapter, four times Jesus is warning his disciples about not being deceived. To go astray or to error. And the only way that we can do that, folks, is being grounded in the Word of God. Hallelujah. But to the call, the, the, the same call, but the ending is a little bit different. Verse 18 says, to the foolish, to those that go after the worldly way, but he knoweth not that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. Amen? There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. Your decisions will determine your destination. Do you believe that tonight? The call is the same, but the conditions are also the same. Matthew chapter 7 says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto him a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not is likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the same sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house. Can I just point out that 25 and 27 in the first part are exactly the same. The rain's going to come. The floods are going to come. The winds are going to blow, and it's going to beat on your house. Amen. We have to have a determination within ourselves. Amen. A perseverance to go and to live for God no matter what. The conditions are going to be the same, but the ending is different. The ones that built their house upon the rock, it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. The one that was built upon the earth, it fell. Amen. The decisions are pretty uh, uh, dis 
easy to make when you look at them. Do you want to stand or do you want to fall? But we have to be careful in our walk with the Lord to understand that life is going to happen. So many times we get discouraged and people walk away because things aren't going their way. But I want to remind somebody that conditions that are on this earth and when we're living for God or whether we're not living for God, you're still going to have problems, trials, and disappointments. Things are going to come into your lives. Things are going to happen in our lives. The, Jesus told his disciples, he said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. The good news is, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Let me remind somebody tonight that this world is not our home. We are just passing through. Hallelujah. Don't get too caught up in this world. Don't get too worried about the conditions that are going on in the world. Hallelujah. Jesus has everything in the palm of his hands. He is in control. And one of these days, he's going to make that call. Come up yonder. Hallelujah. We're going to leave this old world. Hallelujah. Don't get worried about the things that are set before you and the discouragements that you are facing right now. They're only going to make you stronger. They're only going to make you better in your faith and believer in Almighty God to understand that God will never leave you. He's never going to forsake you. I am determined to hold out to the end. Romans says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril is sword? Nay, in all these things, we are more. Everybody say more than conquerors through him that loved us. It's a constant reminder to us in the scriptures that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Hallelujah. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hallelujah. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't care what you're going through tonight. You can have fellowship with Almighty God. I don't care what the conditions are that you might be facing tomorrow. I want you to know that you can come into the presence of Almighty God tonight and to reach out to Him. He's a comforter. He's a way maker. He can heal your body. Hallelujah. He can make a way when there seems to be no way. He said, I will never, ever leave you nor forsake you because we have this treasure, hallelujah, this Holy Ghost, hallelujah, in an earthen vessel. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost that the excellency of the power might be of God and not in us? We go through these things so we don't have too high-minded in our hearts, right? That we realize that we can do nothing without Him. The excellency of the power is only on, in God. We may be troubled on every side, yet we are not distressed. We might be perplexed, but we are not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Hallelujah. Can you just lift your hands and thank the Lord? Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, that you're never going to leave us nor forsake us. 
God speak to a brother or a sister right now that may be going through a hard valley, oh God. I pray that you're going to touch them. Let them know and feel the power of your presence and that beautiful communion with Almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul told, told Timothy, he said, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. He talks about it. Run the race. Run the race. Fight the fight. Fight the fight. Just realize that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty. Hallelujah. Our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty. Stop looking at what you have. Hallelujah. To come against and to reach a decision or come to a conclusion in your situation. Stop looking at your own abilities and look unto Him. Hallelujah. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. It's going to pull down strongholds. Hallelujah. It's going to pull down strongholds. He in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul's talking about a man by the name of Demas. For he hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas, somewhere along the line, made a decision. We don't know if he ever got back on track. But at the time of that writing, he had forsaken Paul. He had fallen back in love with the world. Demas had made a decision. Your decisions will determine your destination. Your determine their decisions are going to determine your destination. Also, we need to understand tonight that the opportunity is the same. Aren't you thankful for that? You don't have to have the right name. You don't have to have the right amount of money in your bank account. Hallelujah. You don't have to have any certain social standing. But the opportunity is for everyone. The decision that you have to make is will you plan a plan of action, action of making up one's mind and to continue in the course of action even in the face of difficulty. What's your plan tonight? What's your spiritual plan? What are you thinking about in your mind? Matthew chapter 25 tells of the kingdom of heaven like unto ten virgins. They took their lamps. They went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five were wise and five foolish. They all went out to meet the bridegroom. They that were foolish took their lamps but took no oil with them. They forgot the plan. The wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Do you know that Jesus is coming soon? One of these days, the cry is going to go forth. Hallelujah. One of these days, he's going to split the eastern skies. Then all those virgins, all ten of them, trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered and said, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. Go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, they had not planned for this moment. The bridegroom came. They that were ready went in to the marriage and the door was shut. 
we need to make some decisions tonight because the door could be shut on some of the decisions that we need to make. Afterward came also the other virgins that said, Lord, Lord, open to us. But the door was shut. Verse 13, he says, watch or plan. Therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. The rich man in the word of God, he was very successful. He was gathering in his crops and his barns were full and he sat down and he determined within himself, what am I going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down these barns and I'm going to build bigger barns. He had an earthly plan. There's nothing wrong with earthly plans. But the comment was, thou fool, tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. It's okay to have earthly plans, but what's your conversation with yourself tonight on your plan to meet the Lord when your soul will be required of thee? When that valley of decision, when the Lord comes to the judgment of that decision that you've made, What's your decision tonight? The Bible tells us in all of thy ways to acknowledge him. He'll direct our path. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 has always been interesting to me. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Wherefore, choose or decide life that both thou and thy seed may live. I thought, you know, choose life or death. I mean, what kind of choice is that? That's a pretty easy choice to make, right? Blessing or cursing. Therefore, choose life. Folks, the world may paint a pretty picture, but the best life is living for the Lord. You need to make a decision tonight to live for God. Hallelujah. And to live. Can we all stand tonight? Another rich man in the Word of God in Mark chapter 10. He came running to Jesus. He kneeled to him. And he asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? That's a good question. I want you to ask yourself that question tonight. Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. And Jesus, beholding him, loved him. I want you to know that Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. If you're feeling uncomfortable you're feeling uncomfortable in the house of the Lord tonight is because Jesus loves you. He's pulling on your heart. Hallelujah. Jesus loved him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But he said, one thing you lack, you got to turn it all over to me. Sell all that you have. And give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad, and he went away, saying, He went away grieved, for he had great possessions. 
this man had to make a decision. Come and follow me, give up everything, or go back to everything. Amen. Grace is free, mercy is free, but it's going to cost you everything. And I'm not talking about money. These parables talk about money, but it's just really in relationship to the kingdom of God and to the worldly things. Amen. But do you have to sell out to God? This isn't a halfway thing. Almost is not enough. Amen. Make a decision today that will affect your destiny. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you, God, for the power of your presence. I'm praying that you're going to reach into the heart of an individual tonight. God, we need you. We're nothing without you. Help us, O Lord, we pray, to make the right decisions in our walk with you. Jesus, you are great, O Lord, and greatly to be praised. I don't know what kind of a decision that you're facing that you have to make, but I invite every individual to come to this altar tonight. Seek after the one that has the answer. Seek after the one that is able to do all things. Amen. If you've never made a move to live for the God, live for God, I'm reaching for you tonight. Make that decision. Don't go away from this house without making a decision to live for God. Make that first step. Make that walk up to this altar as a testimony that I'm going to live for God. I'm going to seek after God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can change your spiritual destination tonight. God, we need you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you, O Lord. We glorify you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.